Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. That's right. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, April 22nd, 2019. I am Eric. He is league winner Tristan. We're joined today by the Marlon Gonzalez of our crew, but with a better batting average, Kyle Sapi, and of course, Daniel Dopp, here to push all the right buttons. Today's show, um, well, everyone's hurt. We'll discuss that. Not everyone in baseball, but pretty close to it. I hope, Tristan, you're healthy. I'm feeling okay. Um, My elbow! Oh! <laughs> don't say that. You'll be out three months. Uh, we also dis- So we'll discuss the injuries that really concern us and the ones that don't. Also, n- several notable prospects got call-ups this weekend. We'll discuss that. The common meals, the closers, and the hash browns you so enjoy. Let's just start it right off with the buzz. <laughs> Okay, lots of injuries. Um, Tristan, what's the one that bothers you the most? Uh, I mean, Judge, DeGrom, Marte, Meadows. Uh, I guess Judge, this could be a while. But, you know, you can make the case for DeGrom, too, because whenever a pitcher's at right elbow, pitching elbow is sore and the team has no idea how to deal with it, which they don't, <laughs> uh, that could be a problem that could last even longer than Judge. So between, I think these two are the big ones. Yeah, so do I. I mean, do you want the fan to speak or you don't want, do you want the fantasy analyst to speak about which one concerns him? Because the fan is concerned about Judge and the analyst is concerned about DeGrom. I think DeGrom's the bigger deal. So what could happen here? I mean, it's pretty obvious that when a team says a pitcher's going on the injury list, he's having an MRI, then the pitcher's actually throwing in the outfield the next day and doesn't get the MRI. This team has a, um, well, I want to be nice here. This team has a history of, of kind of messing up some of these injuries. All right. That's about as nice as I can make it. DeGrom might actually pitch in a week or this weekend. <laughs> okay. But. If you're a fantasy manager, do you want to sell now? Because I feel like this could last a while, and then we get Tommy John surgery in July. Oh, don't say Tommy John surgery. Uh, I, you know, I mean, we all have that that reactionary fear whenever we hear news like this, and it, it did pop into my mind at first because when pitchers go down this path, I, I tend to find that you're you're losing a good chunk of their year. You're you're missing a month, even in the best case scenario. And I, I worry about that. The fact that they're talking about even near the eligibility date, which by the way is Friday the 26th. This that's this Friday. Um, yeah, I, I I find that unusual. I, I I feel like there's concern for me over the next two to three weeks. There's no question about it. All right, so let's talk about some of the other players here. Um, Judge, this sounds like two months to me. It's a serious oblique uh, strain. Uh, the minor ones are like two weeks. The major ones seem like eight weeks. Does that seem right to you? Because the Yankees have not put a timetable on this. Yeah, and, and there was one that went beyond eight weeks, which is what really bugs me when I hear that this is a severe uh, oblique injury, that, that most of the time we talk about the minors that are that are the three-week, almost dead on to the day, three weeks. Um, this one bothers me from the, I think it's going to be a month. I think it might be longer than a month. And it didn't, he didn't look good after that swing. He really did not. So... He did this not. Yankee team, man. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries to this Yankee team. Some... Of them? That's crazy. Did you see the lineup yesterday? It looked like a triple-A lineup. It frankly. is. <laughs> you could fill a lineup of injured Yankees. And win a division. 
Well, Probably. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, not um, if they're injured. <laughs> no, well, okay. <laughs> well, let's let's deal with that. So I didn't deal with replacements for the Mets because I don't see one. I mean, maybe they sign Gio Gonzalez tomorrow, but there's nobody replacing DeGrom in that rotation that you want. On the Yankees, though, um, you know, now you can play Brett Gardner, Clint Frazier, and I guess Mike Tauschman every day. Give me your thoughts here. We know what Gardner is. Um, Frazier looks like a 25 homer guy batting 300 to me. And tell me what you think of Tauschman because, you know, people are going to have to pick him up. We got to go Talkman. He's Talkman the Stockman, apparently. (laughs) So does he have a future in fantasy rosters or not? And Frazier, what is he? Okay, so Frazier's the interesting one just because this this is another thing that, that kind of cements his status for the Yankees. We're going to get to the point where no matter who's back, no matter who's healthy, no matter how packed this outfield, they have to find a way for Frazier to play regularly. I don't even know that the, the possibility of a trade is something that's in the equation. I like the power. that In this ballpark, he could be a 25 to 30 uh, homer power hitter. And for that reason, I think in mixed leagues, he's going to maintain value all year. Talkman. Mm, good plate approach. I like the fact he's making a little better contact than usual. He's an extreme ground baller. You're going to see probably a 55% ground ball rate, and he's probably going to fall into that 15 and 15 kind of range, which does that have value in our game? Probably not. But I also think he deserves more credit than most people are giving him. I think he's worth adding in everything deeper. I think 15-15 has value. For sure. But 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 most won't in our game. It's just that that's, I mean, we're going back to the whole Kevin Pillar thing. Like, do they make the cut in our 10-team standard? Briefly, give me an update on other injured Yankees. You got Sanchez. That matter. Sanchez and Duhar, uh, Stanton, Aaron Hicks. Um, is there an update here on when these guys are coming back? So the two that I've seen concrete updates on are that Sanchez. They're hoping to get him back Wednesday. Uh, was on Carlos Stanton. He's working his way back, and there was some talk he could get back this weekend for the game, uh, the series in San Francisco. For me, I think they will t- play conservatively, just based on being on the road out west and losing the DH this weekend. I would wait until next week for both players. All right, a couple outfielders with Pirates ties. One, they're starting uh, left fielder Starling Marte with an abdominal wall contusion, and then former Pirate Austin Meadows with a thumb. He injured it sliding into third base. Meadows has been more valuable. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a long time for these guys, but there's some interesting guys playing in their place or, or batting in their lineup spots. Like for Tampa Bay, Brandon Lau could lead off some of the time. Joey Wendell just came off the deal. That interests me in Meadows' spot. And for Pittsburgh, I spent a buck or two in late NL labor on Brian Reynolds. Uh, we'll get to their shortstop call up later. Um, thoughts here on Marte and Meadows? Uh, the Marte one is troubling just because he hadn't been hitting before that. So as a guy who has shares of Marte, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I, I think in terms of the, the plugins, uh, Avisel Garcia is one who probably gets a little bit more solidified role. They were looking at him as a platoon guy, uh, decent pop, a little bit better speed than people think. So in the deeper leagues, take a look. All right. Uh, Phillies placed two shortstops in the DL over the weekend, Gene Segura and Scott Kingery. Um, Kingery was hitting. Now it's Phil Gosselin for a week. That's not good. Segura could be back this weekend, but I would leave him on the bench in fantasy in weekly leagues. Um, Matt Shoemaker, you know, you say, why am I even talking about him? He was he was the most added pitcher in the ESPN leagues, I think, so far this season. Off to a great start, tore his ACL in a rundown. Um, there's nobody in Toronto you want to replace him with. And Aaron Sanchez, who was also pitching well, left his games yesterday, I believe, with a fingernail injury, and you say, oh, big deal, fingernails, we all have them. But um, he missed most of the last two years with blister injuries and fingernail problems. Were you buying on Aaron Sanchez? 
Mm, not That's really. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I want to. <laughs> I, no, I think there's something there. I think there's a career there. It's just I need to see some sort of evidence. He, he had a terrible last year, and this has been a perpetual issue. And, I mean, it's a cracked fingernail. When I hear that, the first thing I think is there's no way he's starting this week. They are talking like he's pitching this week. I don't see how it's happening. Um, what would you do in a weekly? We don't have as of as of Monday morning, uh, you know, clarity on Robbie Cano of the Mets and Mike Mustakis of the Brewers. But uh, Cano got hit by a pitch and left the game. Was seen in a soft cast. It's soft, not hard cast. That's a good sign, I think. And then Mustakis, what did he do? He broke a finger, and nobody's really discussing that too much. It seems like he would be injuryless bound. Are you leaving these guys active, or are you sitting them? Uh, I am, at least as of this second, keeping them both in there. But I will admit, as a guy who's got Robinson Cano and Tauhor's NL, I was concerned about that, and I tried my best to get a player to slot in. We do have that midweek injury rule, so I wanted to get a guy I could roster in in case they did DL Cano. I'm a little bit worried about that. Moustakis, you said, yeah, fracture. It's the tip of the – which finger is it? It's the right ring finger for him. I, I can't see how he's playing through that, but maybe he is because you're right. Nobody seems to be talking about that that much. By the way, but, a side note for you quickly. Uh, we didn't mention Gregory Polanco, did we? He's coming back maybe this week. Um, Thursday, possibly. What do you What do you think there? I mean, I think people annually overrate that guy for statistics, don't you? I, I think he's had chunks of the year that have been extremely valuable. He's given you the one to two months of great value, and maybe that's coming this season. For me, the fact that he's back this quickly when we were originally talking about June post-Memorial Day is a very big plus. Did you know 66% of men lose their hair by age 35? The thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? And why do guys turn to weird solutions or just do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? The solution, 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and other wellness supplements for men. And thanks to science... Baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. No waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Save hours by going to forhims.com. It's just so easy. Answer a few quick questions, a doctor will review and can prescribe you products are shipped directly to your door. Order now. Listeners to this fine show get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. Now, this would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So just go to forhims.com slash FFB. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FFB. Forhims.com slash FFB. All right, lots to get to that we haven't yet. You won your Vampire League for the second time in three weeks. Now, we joke on this show. Yay! That you're ridiculous. And I'm not jealous. I'm happy for you. Now, I'm never going to win a week in mine. But, like, I'm I'm... When we say you win all your leagues, you're winning all your leagues. This is ridiculous. Not all of my leagues. I was just talking about Kyle before the show that in my other head-to-head league, I'm 0-2-1 and and have allowed the most points in the league. So you're struggling so. in leagues that you draft, but thriving in leagues that you just set <laughs> Exactly. Out I just need to sleep through the draft and I do great. Yeah. So who is your stealing? Who are you stealing uh, for this week? From So I, I, I had three tough choices here between Mookie Betts, Justin Verlander, and Garrett Cole. That's not I, tough. It's I, not. I, huh? I, I, really? I, it's It's... Well, I mean, look where they were drafted. Mookie Betts was the second overall pick. Verlander and Cole. Cole just gave up 10 runs in a game. Yeah, I love I, I love I Verlander and Cole, but whenever in doubt, 
you're taking one of the best hitters in Mookie Betts. What are you nuts? I, I, yeah, and Betts is the guy I'm taking here. First of all, I need to have a bowler on my team because if I get knocked out in the playoffs, at least I can go bowling with the guy. I mean, Wonder. Kate Upton might be upset about this and have something to say, all but right. it's got to be Betts. Kyle, listen to what he just said. He, he's already expecting to be in the playoffs. He had nary a draft pick. He's two and one. I so said far. when I'm out of when the, he's playoffs, in the playoffs, I have a bowling partner. I am in last place. The confidence, I, the arrogance. That I he love has. how he spins my words. <laughs> it is. You're right, Kyle. It is deserved he's arrogance. Oh, he, he's so good at this. Give me that a break. How can we not? Like he he deserves to be arrogant. We can't even be like mad about his arrogance. And here I am. And which one of us wasn't listening now? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm not listening to this part. Um, okay. Home runs, stolen bases in one package. It's the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. All right, here they are, or maybe they're not. Tommy Pham, Brett Gardner, Fernando Tatis, I love him. Three steals, a home yeah. run and three steals in the Youngest same game. Youngest guy ever to do it. Is that right? That's okay. correct. Uh, Max Moroff apparently did it on Saturday. I wasn't watching that one. And Cody Bellinger on Sunday. Bellinger and Yelich, what a series. They each hit four home runs in this four-game four game series or three-game series. And one Bellinger steals a home run from Yelich. Um, Bell- Bellinger wins the game Sunday with a homer off Josh Hader, who, by the way, not to be a hater, has allowed home runs to lefties twice in the past week, right? Mm-hmm. Which he had never done before. He never allowed any. Four game series, by the way. But Four still, game series. No, no less impressive because of that. So, um, of Hader, these, Hader's looked a little shaky lately. Hader absolutely looks a little bit shaky lately. And Yelich, of course, is going to hit 60 home runs by all-star break. So that was a bad prediction. But Hader, I'm sticking with that. Fewer than 20 saves. Um, I don't blame so, you. Yelich, by the way, I mean, he has changed things this year. Yes, please discuss that. And I'll walk away for two minutes because I just... <laughs> Look, I'm sparing you here. People can, no, no, no. People you can tweet me all they want. I'm not going to reply. To you. Look, if you if you tweet me something that I'm a moron or something worse than that, I'm just not going to answer you. And was I wrong about Yelich continuing his fly ball rate? Absolutely. He's going to hit. He's going to hit 50 home runs this season. Tristan, please tell us how well, this how, is happening. Yeah. Okay. So we got to point it out. He's got a 38 percent ground ball rate. This is not how. The, that's the thing. This is not the Christian Yelich that everybody knew before. This guy had a 58.2% ground ball rate in his, in the entirety of his career. Yeah, last year was down a little bit from that 52, 52.8% last season. It's 38% so far. And incidentally, this is the crazy part. And he's in the right ballpark for this. So it explains, it explains part of the numbers, but the homer to fly ball rate. When he, this guy puts the ball in the air, He's as fortunate as it gets in all of baseball, and I'm talking historically, at that ball clearing the fence. He's leading the majors in homer to fly ball rate this year after having done it last year, and last year's number was one of the two instances in our pitch tracking tool in 10 years that were over 20%. Crazy. Well, obviously, it was sustainable. So give me, and and I'm not going to say it's not at this point, even though he's doing something that's never been done before. Give me the final home run total. Is 50 reasonable? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is reasonable. And he was just traded... In our, in my uh, Vampire League for, let me see if I can pull this up here because I want to make sure I get it right. Jose uh, Ramirez and Adam Eaton. That's awful. For Yelich. Isn't that awful? I don't know that I'd use awful. I wouldn't do that. I, I mean, Jose I, Ramirez, you're buying low. Well, the, the theory is, would you rather have Jose Ramirez or Christian Yelich the rest of the season? And I would rather have Yelich. I mean, Ramirez does concern me. Now, Ramirez was drafted like third or fourth overall and Yelich was like nine or ten, but that's, that's, that doesn't matter 
as April ends. That's the thing about stars, though, is that if you're cashing in the, quote, sell-high chip for a buy-low, I need something else tacked on. That's the whole point of reaping the rewards here, is that you're bringing in an unexpectedly great amount of value. Is Adam eating that? I don't think so. No, but if you were redrafting today, where would you We always would go second behind Trout and ahead of bets, wouldn't he? I think you have to. I, I think somebody tweeted me like the Yelich would be number one next year. No, he's not over Trout yet. He's not stealing that many bases. But I'd be right. tempted on bets still. That's but those three are but, the three. But Yelich would be third. Yelich would be in the top three right now. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. And Bellinger, by the way, wouldn't Cody Bellinger be top ten? Bellinger soared from I think I think he was thirty fifth in my original rankings. He soared into my top twenty. Uh, the, you know the thing about Bellinger, the steals. Because yeah. we mentioned the combo meals. Going back to that, he is a player that nobody talks about for his base stealing ability. He has gotten over 10 steals in each of the first two major league seasons, and he's he's on pace to do it again. And that puts him in rare company among first basemen. Eric Hosmer only got to do it this century. You know who was the last before that? No, I, I don't. Andy Van Slyke. Ooh, okay. That's a name. Not, it's up. not done often to do it in the first three years of a, a first baseman, first three years of a pro career. Well, here's something we do often on every show. We talk about the closers in the carousel. The, the closer, closer carousel. carousel. All right, so we know Kirby Yates is good. He's the number one a reliever on the player radar. And I have said on previous shows, it's it's this year's Edwin Diaz, and you scoffed at me. But I think 50 saves, um, I, I think that's reasonable because he already got 10. He needs 40 in the final, what is it, 19 weeks? I think that's possible. Um, let's talk about the, the strugglers in the new situations. Cody Allen just bad. And I think the Angels kind of knew that. But I think he, it's not Ty Buttry. And I don't think it's Hansel Robles who opened yesterday's game. <laughs> so assuming Cody Allen loses this job, and I think using the word assume is, is fair at this point. Who is next in line for the Angels? We're so mean. I was with you too. That I was <laughs> right. I was. Yeah, I wrote it that way. I said I'm not drafting Cody Allen because I was assuming he was going to lose the job. I still think it's Ty Butchery. But he's just like the sixth inning. I understand the way he's being used so far, and maybe they're going to go in the direction of this this whole random. Well, the Rays aren't even going with the random bullpen. Maybe they're going in the direction of the random Phillies like bullpen. But I think Butchery is the one who's pitched like he deserves the next shot. I agree. Luis I Garcia, agree. otherwise, I don't know. He was just there to finish the game. I, I don't think it's he's him. pitched I, all right. The walks are off. The wa- and speaking of the walks, Jose Leclerc. I was wrong. I. I you know, they're saying Jose Clark still is the closer. Doesn't Sean Kelly deserve some chafe chances? Now, he's never been able to stay healthy for six months. But, man, I have LeClerc in Tout Wars, and, uh, Tout Wars mixed, and I'm concerned. I'm thinking of benching him this week. I have him in Labor Ale, and I can't bench you him. Can't. But I wish I could. I could bench him I for Sergio. Would you bench LeClerc for Sergio Romo? Uh, no. I well, just bought, well, I no. bought Romo at $0 in Tout. So I have to... You have to play him. I have to play him, but I have starters I could sit, like Rourke and Davies. The question is, do I sit LeClerc? And I don't know what to do. I don't blame you in that situation. That's just the the context of your team. I I get it. But LeClerc, what he has done is a concern. And contrast the two. Seven walks for LeClerc and 41 batters faced. Sean Kelly this year faced 35 batters. How many walks? Zero. Mario Wong. That's yeah. You said it wrong, Tristan. Yeah. I was just about to say Spelled Mario Wong. Please, it's Kyle. donut. Kyle's my friend today. Yeah, I got you. Um, I'm um, the donut guy. I'm not the nary guy. I you were yeah, the do we have a drop for Tristan's Emporium donut 
thing or whatever it's called. <laughs> I need a jingle. No drops, but we do have that logo on Twitter. That was well done. Yes. All right. Uh, briefly, since our last show, when I was worried about Razel Iglesias, he has struck out every hitter. Literally, he faced nine strikeouts. So, <laughs> so apparently when I'm worried about a guy, that's silly. Uh, Rowan is You light fires. You're great. You, I have to admit, you are great at lighting fires. Keep doing it. <laughs> I, well, Jose Leclerc, I, come on. Can't win my leagues, too. but I can predict the closers that are going to turn it around quickly. Uh, Brazier is clearly over Barnes in Boston, I think. Brazier, you can make the case as a top 10 closer if he keeps this. I'm like, you're going to say, no, they're sharing it, but it doesn't look like they're sharing it, Tristan. I think it Brazier's doesn't clearly look like the guy. Sharing. No, I, I think you're right. It doesn't right. look like they're sharing it, but they're, I, I don't think it's a traditional bullpen. No, but if I you're agree. picking between, yeah. All right, moving on to this, uh, the next four days of baseball, three days of baseball, I suppose. Uh, first, Vlad Guerrero, Jr. of Toronto. Uh, differing reports here. He could be up today or tomorrow. It might be Friday. Either way, <laughs> if Vlad Guerrero is somehow stupidly available in your league, please go get him right now. And again, the window, as we've talked about, to acquire him for a certain price is before he plays. I think he's going to be a fantasy monster and a top. I think he's going to be a top 20 points league hitter from the day he arrives. Okay. I'm not going to quibble with any of that. <laughs> So go I'm get really him. Not. Well, right. He's available in how many? Let's Probably see. Not many. I can't believe. I can't I can... get my numbers. Yeah, oh, I can't look at it, and I don't know if it's right anyway. But I'm going to talk about the schedule while you guys look up how many. Vlad can't be available more than 10% of the ESPN I standard. Amazed, that's that's yeah. just silly. Um, oh, look at this. Steven Matz is pitching tonight. Retired Nary hitter in his last outing. He's on ESPN against Jake Arrieta, who went eight innings. Now watch. Arietta's going to get bombed in the second inning, and Matz is going to throw six shutout. That's how baseball is, people. I told you, don't cut Matt's. If you drafted him for a reason, keep him rostered. And by the way, Philadelphia's lineup, it's not quite like the Yankees, but they're without a shortstop, okay? And they're without, what else? Uh, their a center fielder. Shortstop. A short, well, they're a playing field. a shortstop, yeah. but not a, not a major league <laughs> shortstop. So their lineup isn't as good as you think. I mean, Michael Franco moved from eight to five for a reason, because they're missing several hitters. So, you know, and Matt's the, although, have you seen Bryce Harper's numbers? against left-handed starters versus left-handed relievers. Last I looked against left-handed relievers, he was like 7 for 14 with multiple home runs. Starters are, are hurting him. Huh. But against lefty relievers, he's destroying them. So, anyway, you're never sitting him. Um, what else do we want to discuss? I hope Brad Peacock is starting for Houston today yeah. on ESPN+. Plus. Get ESPN+. Plus. It's so easy. It's so cheap. Against Jake Odorizzi. Um, do you like Brad Peacock? I think that's a – now, is he sticking in the rotation or what? Because that's the guy you want. Uh, I do like him. I will start him here. I do believe he'll stay in the rotation. I think he has too good stuff otherwise. Unless they had some sort of magical thing where Josh James forces his way into the rotation and Forrest Whitley arrives. Peacock is he's going to be there. The matchup of the day, Brad Keller and Yanni Chirinos. You love Chirinos. We have to love Chirinos. He's pitching really well for Tampa Bay. Kansas City, not exactly a star-studded lineup there, although they steal bases. But I like Keller, too. I left him active in several leagues. Your thoughts? I would agree with that. I prefer Chirinos uh, of this matchup, but Keller is definitely interesting. Uh, it's uh, And you know what? It's in the pitching-friendly ballpark. That's a plus for Keller in this matchup. Keller seems like a durable guy who makes 32 starts with an ERA of 375, but it's going to be a lot of runs. Like, it's going to give up stuff. But 375 and 120 whip with 160 strikeouts, I'll take that, even if it's only eight wins because the Royals are so bad. Hmm. Tuesday, ESPN Plus, uh, the first game of the day is earlier. It's at 6, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's Pablo Lopez. You you and I raved about, but it, it ain't it ain't happening right now. But it's at Cleveland. They're not exactly an offensive team, I even with Lindor back. Like, mm -hmm. it's still not a great lineup. And, and Ramirez looks terrible. 
So I, I will leave Pablo Lopez active. Oh, that? I like it. I had this very same thought. Look at Pablo Lopez's command numbers, the walks and strikeouts, yeah, and it has not is been a disaster. And second outings against the Phillies, and again, not a full lineup there. Um, here's interesting. I, you know, I wanted Kyle Freeland and NL Labor. Our friend traded him for for Gerardo Parr straight up, which to me is like giving him away. He's not wow. going to like that. He's going to text me right away. I but I, at home, I agree with you though. Don't you agree though? Like I could have gotten him it, for it's labor though. You got to keep him active for every start. Exactly, I, I, but yeah. he's gonna he looked great at home against the Phillies and over the weekend. Kyle Freeland did, and I should have texted him and said, "All right, what do you want?" And it wasn't a lot. Like I, I wish I could have done that. Anyway, um, anything else on two? How about Eric Swanson of Seattle against Nick? I can't pronounce his last name. Margavikasia, um, <laughs> Margevicus. Which, which guy do you like there? I'm not trying to be mean. Or is it I just Mark-Gevich- don't know how to Margevicus. Margevicus. <laughs> Margevich's. So a pair of rookies here, and I drafted them consecutively in a league you're not in, uh, in like the dynasty round, like in the oh, prospect no. round. Okay. And people were like, why is he doing that? These are not prospects, but they at least have numbers for next season. Anyway, your thoughts on Swanson or Margevich? I, I was looking at Swanson because of the two-start matchups here. At least he's in San Diego. Now, granted, I mean, Seattle will also give him the ballpark bump. But I, I think that if you're trying to go with the volume angle, I'm okay with it, and I prefer him to Mar- Margevich's. <laughs> I think of course among uh, my two star like guys, how, you know, you know I'm, my slam dunk for that. Well, I like how Eric pronounces his last name way better. <laughs> Zach Eflin. Okay, two start slam dunk this week. I think of High School Musical when they say that name. What's the guy's name? Zach like, Efron. Oh, that you know. That, that you know. That. You've seen that. <laughs> Some things I've heard. You're youngin'. <laughs> you twelve? Okay. Um, briefly, lots of day action on Wednesday. Please get your lineups in early. Um, Vince Velasquez and Jason Vargas. One of those guys has upside. Is not Velasquez. like the other. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and Jordan Lyles on ESPN Plus at home against Arizona. If healthy, he's he got. What happened to him? He get hit by a ball. Like a line drive? I'm trying to remember what happened to Lyles in his last outing. I but I'm just getting old and I forget everything. Hand. Got hit in the hand. Hit in the hand. And Mike Soroka at Cincinnati. There's a bunch of good streaming options, good young pitchers here who could become top 30 guys pretty soon that are available. Sandy mm-hmm. Alcantara at Cleveland as well is a guy I would recommend. Anyway, that's the schedule for the next couple of days. We probably didn't do it justice. But after this, we will try again with the Hash Browns. All right, hash browns are coming up in a minute, but Tristan, two players, young players we didn't get to in the open here. Boston's Michael Chavez, Pittsburgh's Cole Tucker, both called up. A lot of money was spent in fab budget in expert leagues this weekend. Who do you like more between Tucker and Chavez? I like Tucker a little more because of the steals, but I can go in either direction here. And I tried to get both in all my leagues and whiffed a little bit. By the way, you're, you're, you brought up Chavez playing second base. In the last show, I was actually right about something. Yeah, I, yeah but I, that is a very interesting development, and they have a very clear path to him getting the the eligibility there. And that's a twenty home run guy this season. Chavez can hit. Tucker though is like a five homer, twenty steal guy. Might be a little bit more valuable, but both are good pickups, and I think good pickups for this week. This show, everybody, is sponsored by SeatGeek. The ticket industry it hasn't changed in a really long time. There are a bunch of big companies who have been around forever, but they don't really care about making the experience easier for the customer. Well, (laughs) SeatGeek is a ticket company where the customer comes first with more than 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store. So it's real. SeatGeek is focused on making your experience as easy as possible. Now, SeatGeek pulls in millions of tickets from all over the web, rates each each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and displays them on an interactive seat map. So it's simple to find what you're looking for. Green dots are good deals, and red dots are overpriced. Plus, 
Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And when I say confidence, I mean it. Look at that. Go to the site. It's all there. And best of all, listeners to the Fantasy Focus Baseball get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Now, SeatGeek supports our show, so we hope you will support them as well. It's the fairest thing to do. Use our promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. Now, you can use that for concert tickets, sports, comedy, basically whatever you want. Remember, that's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase with SeatGeek. All right, now we move along. It's time for the Hash Browns, and the music returns. Kyle's back in the show, and we have lots of questions that Tristan is going to answer. And Tristan really should answer them because he wins his leagues. I'm just here to make sure make sure I, I, I mess up names and read ads. That That's my role here. We all have a role, right? Dot pushes buttons and stays quiet when Kyle's here. Kyle reads the stuff. Somebody sends it out. Tristan wins the leagues, uh-huh. and I'm just kind of making sure that uh-huh. Tristan. I'm, I'm here. I'm like the, the editorial watchdog now. Somebody has to be in that role because uh-huh. Leah moved on. And what Leah place are we in in labor now? And excuse me, what? <laughs> what place are we in in, in labor now? Me? Yeah, I haven't looked. It's too early. I don't look at standings in April, so okay. I, I, don't I won't. Know. I won't tell you then because you'll you know get too. Optimistic. You know, I I feel like I've been in first in labor NL a lot the last couple of years, and I haven't <laughs> finished first. So I'm not going to say a word about it until it actually. It, it, look, if I win, I will shout it from the mountains. But I, you know, and Steve, by the way, is still listening and walking his dog, or the dog's walking him. I, he texted me after the last show. He's like, "Of course, I'm still listening." Uh, but you know, I I think you know maybe searches for his name. Can you do that after I, what I you know. said about Kyle Freeland? <laughs> That guy's going to be angry. You shouldn't be angry. I wanted Whoa. Freeland. I just, you know, the problem again, and I told him I didn't have a space for Freeland. Mm-hmm. Like I have like nine pitchers that have money <laughs> attached to their name and I couldn't sit one. So, I mean, I really need a closer because I, David Robertson's clearly not getting saved. So, yeah, that was the problem. Like I, the cost was minor. Oh man, Austin Dean would have been in that trade and he got demoted. I could have. I don't think it could have been Dean for Freeland straight. It was like Dean and Davies, and you're you're right. I should have done it, but Dean and Davies. Oh man, it was it was. He just wanted to get rid of Freeland, and I I didn't step up because I mean I, I don't me feel like Davies could. I mean Davies is another guy. You have to keep him in, right? Or was he a reserve? No, he's a zero. I could have benched him. Oh, okay, could that's a little him. different then. Well, that's what I like. I have Davies and Pablo Lopez at zero, so I can. Yeah activate them when I want and bench them when I want but man I messed that up I should have gotten Freeland anyway he knows I'm not mad at him alright read some questions yeah I got you Jeff has Christian Walker and Joey Votto on his roster he wants to know if Christian Walker at this point is presumed starter until otherwise noted you know what in a uh, in a points league no in a roto league yes is it too early to run from Joey Votto I'm not really running but like in a points league Votto Votto's the only thing he's doing is Getting on base, which is great. And hitting a leadoff homer occasionally. Once. Christian Walker looks legit to me. I'm, I'm glad you 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 were trumpeting Christian Walker all offseason, Tristan, like you do as a league winner. You said people have to draft him, and your recommendation made me take Walker in, in a labor for a dollar. If you hadn't mentioned Christian Walker, I, I never would have I even... I, I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> I thought you told me about him. Yes, Tristan of course just I did. Good advice and forgets it. That's how much he knows. I have a horrible memory. <laughs> I got him in our sim league back in November. I told you that was going to happen. See, then it was you. 
You don't even remember when you recommend stuff now? Really? No, I, this point? I, How old are you? <laughs> I remember talking about it because it was the quadruple A guy who never had a legitimate opportunity. He I, was, I he was Jesus that. Aguilar. I kept calling him Jesus Aguilar. And yes. you know what? If you want to drop Aguilar for Walker, go ahead, too. I, <sighs> Give me Walker's final numbers. Oh, jeez. Including PA, because Jake Lamb's not dead. He's coming back. But you go, he can play third. He can fake third. Like, Walker, I thought after his first two weeks, all right, then he's slowing down. And then this week he had a four-hit game. He stole a base. He kept homering. He's going to finish 266 with 24 home runs. Maybe 25. Maybe 35. Maybe. I mean, he'd have to really pick up the pace to get there. And and uh, you know what? I mean, a 25-homer season for him would still be Amazing. pretty extraordinary. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, yeah, I, man. I'm not a Lamb. I'm not a Jake Lamb guy. Oh, nobody and is. The, well, except Arizona. Oh, there were people who love Jake Lamb. Jake Come Lamb on, is that's... one of those guys who, when he is healthy and when he is on, he can go on a massive Yeah, but it's tear. been two years. At this point, he's like Matt Joyce. He's a platoon guy. I, I, that's okay. a little harsh. <laughs> that, that's a little harsh. But like, he is. When I was he was always it. a platoon guy. He was always. But, like, if he's just a 20 home or 260 guy, Matt Joyce would do that if you played him every day against right-handers. I, I just, I'm not a Jake Lamb guy. In, in fairness, of course, people will remind me that there were the two months he was acceptable yes. against lefties. Would but you drop Votto in a Roto League right now? No. No. If Walker was available, <laughs> would you? See, I like what, what the, this question, this, this discusses the, the right strategy. It's that you should be benching Votto and not getting rid of him this quickly. Yes, that is the starting right Walker. All right. And that's him. how I would play it. All right, what's next? Baker's got Gregory Polanco coming back potentially this week, as you mentioned. Hit 280 post All-Star break. Do you still have hope for him? If so, what's his ceiling this season? Uh, it's a shoulder injury. And I was really disappointed in him last season. Not la- well, not last season because he, he just he is what he is. Now he's only 27, but two of the past three years we've seen him bat under 260 with only like 22, 23 home runs. He can steal some bases, but so can he and Desmond. I I I think we've seen Polanco's best, and I think the shoulder injury scares me. So I'm going to say. Yeah, he could end up with another 22 home run, 75, 80 RBI season, but I don't see him reaching much higher than that. I I think you're spot on to his injury question and his inconsistency. And I do think that if somehow it all worked, and you never know. I mean, you know, Ian Kinsler during his Rangers days, remember we, I remember we, we all talked about he, he had injury questions and he was never going to figure it out, and then he did. Evan Longoria, another guy who did that and then suddenly was healthy. If Polanco did that, I think we're looking at 28 home runs and 16 stolen bases. And, and also not exactly a guy who hits lefties at all. So That is a problem, yeah. yeah. You know, then they won't platoon him. I don't even know who they'd platoon him with, Melky. Like, you know, they'll play him. They should. But I feel like I don't want to say he's running out of time to be a star, but hasn't he already hit that point? Like, I don't think that's... That's not the obstacle for him. It's that he's got to stay healthy. I think he's still early enough in his career that there's something potentially there. But the injuries have become a major problem. Next. Joe wants to know why Trey Mancini's not getting any love with the hot start. Well, I mean, how much love can we give Trey Mancini? He's hitting well, but I feel like it's we know what Trey Mancini is. Now, he's 27 as well. I could see him, now each of the past two seasons has hit 24 home runs. Last year was not nearly as good as the year before. He's off to a nice start. What I like is the walk 
The walk rate's up. He's batting second for a really bad offense that has only two hitters, basically VR and him. But he's not going to hit 341. What's his BABIP? Like, that's the first thing I look at. He's a slow guy. Oh, his BABIP is 385, people. He's he's going to drop, I don't want to say 100 points on his current batting average, but he's up 99 points from last year's batting average. Will he be closer to 293 from 2017 no, no, or no. 241 from last year? 260, 20. I'll give him a little more power than the last couple of years, but I'll say 260, 27, 28 home runs. Now, if this walk rate continues... More things are possible, but the battle can't continue for that guy. No. The chase rate is slightly supporting the walks, not extremely. But the thing that does stand out for Mancini, and, and I might be underrating him for this, was an over 50% ground ball guy coming into the season. 52% career. This year, 38. He is elevating yeah, the ball. It, it, like, p- players do make changes. And while everybody rips sabermetrics, especially on TV, the fact is that players are learning you hit the ball on the ground, not good things are going to happen, especially when you're slow. I think Mancini can hit to 28 home less runs. I could certainly certainly use if I hit the ball on the ground. You know what? On my softball team now, I can't pull the ball anymore. I don't know why. I'm hitting the ball like I'm a left-handed That's hitter. good. I'm, I'm like hitting line drives over shortstop and third base, which is good because nobody expects that, although they're going to figure out doing it. But um, can't pull it. I don't know but, why. But then you can't have everybody shifting all the way to the right on you. Well, in softball, nobody shifts. Well, the, me, the outfield have like, shifts. I'd, I'd have like 13 players. I mean, the entire bench would get out there and play right along the third base line for me. You're a left-handed batter too, aren't you? No, I can. I can switch I, it if I want to. I've got no power lefty, though. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 29. Next. Well played. <clears throat> Seth is forced into a spot where he has to cut one of the following players. Tough decision for him. He wants your help as to who gets cut here. Vogelbach, Eloy, Winker, Robles. The important thing you left out, this is a points league. Yeah. Yes. If it was a Roto, that'd be different. I'm, I'm cutting Vic, I'm, cu- I'm cutting uh, uh, Hansa Robles. Victor, yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure. It's Victor. Oh, Victor, come on. You're not cutting Victor in any league. They <laughs> yeah. finally moved him up to second in the order because everyone else was hurt. I don't get that at all, batting Victor Robles ninth. Um, I think Vogelbach start is legit. I think Winker can be a really good points league option with the walks. Robles, I love. Eloy Jimenez, Tristan. The slow start continues. He's not walking. He's hitting the ball on the ground. It's only April. But are you concerned? Because in a, in a redraft points league, he's the guy you're cutting. But, man, I don't want to cut Eloy. Points of these four, four guys. Yeah. I mean, po- I, I I actually think this is Jesse Winker, and I'm feeling like it is even in a points league. But the fact it's a points league makes me say that hurts. Um, here's the Eloy problem: it's got to happen this week. The, the White Sox have a great great schedule for hitters, and if it doesn't if it doesn't start happening this week, we've got to reassess the situation. But I think why? it's between those like, two. It's 84 plate appearances for a guy who looked in the minors like a monster and. He had, he didn't walk a lot in the minors, but he knew which pitches to swing. Like, Vlad Guerrero is not going to walk. Not going to strike out either. Elo was that. So we've done this for how long now? How long we've have done, we done this for? Played the game or done a played show? Played the game. Uh, played the game. A couple of years since we were uh, in diapers, I believe. So, so yeah, <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> in that time, I, I don't think we or anybody else in the industry has found the, the concrete answer to the level of patience with a struggling starter. It's got to happen this week. 
It has to. Because you cannot throw away elite matchups so often as Eloy Jimenez is doing it. You have to eventually start hitting. Otherwise, the question is valid. I'm not saying I have the answer to the, the, the player who gets off to the struggling start. How patient should I get to him? There isn't a right answer to that. Nobody's answered it. You know what's weird? Have you seen his splits? Lefty-righty splits? Wow, that is shocking. He's a right-handed batter. And is that right? An 812 OPS against right-handers and a 290 OPS against lefties? Basically, he hasn't done it. He's batting 087 against lefties. It's a very small sample. Hmm. Let me go to another site. He's got the... No, you're right. He's got the the Yasiel Puig weird split. But it's it's only like 80 at-bats. So, I... Man, I am not... Of that foursome, yeah, you know what? I don't want to cut Eloy because the upside is higher than Winker's. Can you can you push it past today's lineup deadline and make the decision for next week? That's you know, Winker's not exactly walking a lot, right? And that's why I I'm I'm, he has six home runs and four walks. I I thought he would end up with twenty home runs and eighty walks. It also feels like they've moved on from the idea of locking him in as their everyday leadoff man, and that was a well. If Votto's not going to drive the ball, you have to lead him off. Right, <laughs> like that's the spot for Votto if he's gonna if he's gonna if, if he's gonna pull an Eric Hosmer, then you're leading off Votto. Eloy's last year splits in the minors and going. Oh yeah, he hit he hit everybody. Yeah, I he was did. confident he did. that Eloy. And look, I don't want to give up. So yes, you know what? I would drop Winker instead of Eloy. That's wow. a lot of stuff there. But like, by the way, I think um, Eloy deserves it because he's probably on the most drop list and he shouldn't be. Let me check. I'm gonna provide you a follow up to this one. By the way, All right, um, go ahead. Daniel Vogelbach or Christian Walker? Which do you believe? In I would more? take Walker. Actually, I think Vogelbach is due to for for trouble. I'm not really 100 percent believing. Is that fair? That is totally fair. That's the way I have felt about Vogelbach for years. There's... I feel like this is just a really good start, but I feel like Walker can keep doing it. Looking at the most added drop list, Eloy, I don't see him. So maybe people are getting smarter. I doubt that. Um, well, maybe they've already dropped him. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> so, the, wow, weird list. Um, Mike Miner, the most added player. That's just weird. Hunter that's, Dozier. That's a two-start thing, I think, for this week. Uh, well, Hunter, he's pitched well. He's pitched well. Hunter Dozier, Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau's a monster. Brandon Lau is a 25-homer second baseman, even with Wendell back. Jeff McNeil might be the new second baseman with Cano's on the DL. Caleb Smith, you and I like. Max Freed last night. Talk about briefly. I know this is not a hash brown, but somebody might be asking. Mm-hmm. Shane Bieber got just torn up by Atlanta. Yep. I, I was watching that, and I wanted to change the channel, honestly. I, I was like, get him out before he gives up 10 runs. Um, that was a terrible outing by Bieber. Max Freed looks amazing, though. Yeah. Now, I can't make the case to drop Bieber for Freed, but Freed needs to be rostered, and Bieber scares me. Really? You're not going to be happy about some idiot on this show is trade of Paul DeYoung for uh, Shane Bieber in a points league then <laughs> well uh, why would it make me unhappy I, you win anyway so like I have three I, I, I have Lindor coming back I had to give away I had to effectively give away a shortstop because I got four of them so. I, I still believe in Bieber I'm not but that was just a really disturbing was, yeah. outing and and the, I think the worry with Bieber and you and I talked about this before is just that because it's all about control with him and the stuff is not elite just the raw stuff. There are going to be times where him, when he's not, <laughs> when the command's not sharp in the strike zone, he's going to get torched. Oh, yeah. And everything was hit hard. But free uh, Max Freed, I would rather I would rather add Max Freed than Mike Miner. I suspect. Oh yes, too. yes, 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 yes. Freed is sticking around this rotation. There's definitely something there. 
the yeah. curve can definitely play. I, I am impressed by what I've seen, specifically from that pitch. All right, what else we got? Sorry. We've got one last question, and this kind of more of a culmination of a bunch of questions. We kept getting everybody wanted to know what's up with the slow starting aces. So if you had to pick one top 10 guy that you're panicking on, understanding that you're going to be patient with most of the top top guns here, one guy that you're panicking on right now because of a slow start. Of the aces. Right. Well, I'm going to read the top 10 starting pitchers in ESPN Average Live Drafts, and you yep. tell me. Okay. Max Scherzer is number one. He hurt a oblique getting out of the way of a foul ball, but hasn't been scratched from a start. DeGrom on the injury list. I don't know if it's one start or 100. Chris Sale, Verlander, Kluber. Blake Snell, who's not pitching this week. We knew he wasn't going to miss only one start. Garrett Cole, that was an awful outing. Aaron Nola, he's a mess. Trevor Bauer, Syndergaard. Syndergaard's five runs in back-to-back games. Terrible. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit concerned about half this list, but the most concerned right now, doesn't it have to be DeGrom's injury over, like, Kluber or Cole's struggles? Yes, because the, the basement that gets opened up by that that very injury is a huge concern. If it's the ones who are currently pitching and it's not an injury situation, I think it's Clover. Although Syndergaard got hit hard in St. Louis, was it St. Louis, I think, over the week. I was watching the game and I was like, he's just they're they're barreling up everything. And, and you know Don't you immediately look- think tipping pitches when you see a game like that? How is Noah Syndergaard tipping pitchers? I understand, like, the point, but, like, he's not like a rookie. He's not like Shane Bieber might have been tipping last night, and Atlanta knew everything, but Syndergaard? It, it's know. possible. It is certainly possible. I Luis Severino did it. No, you're, you're right. Um, man, I don't know. That's one part of the game we'll never quite get because the players there in the dugout are watching, and they see the little things like that. And, man, Garrett Cole, what the, he had a great matchup. He and McHugh. Kyle McHugh cost yeah, me a— he got— Shelled. The Q cost me a league. Yeah. And then Vampire, Alex Bregman, who I would have stolen had I won, basically cost me by hitting a home run. <laughs> so, oh. I, oh, you know, we haven't discussed. What do we do in a 5-5 tie? I can't, you can't, we can't steal players. We have to outright I think, win. I think we have to win. Outright yeah. win. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, congrats to the guy who beat me this week. Still half and, a player. Uh, you can, you could take Alex Bregman and use him at only For one like position. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to trade him back. It's a timeshare. Yeah. Uh, but we still can laugh and smile about it. Oh, Wednesday is National Pigs in a Blanket Day. I don't always call these out because they seem ridiculous, and I don't even know if they're true. But I really love Pigs in a Blanket. It might be my favorite meal. It might have surpassed, like, chicken parmesan, honestly. I like Pigs in a Blanket. If you want to talk about like, the days, spicy I'm— Spicy mustard. I'm wondering why Jelly Bean Day is today instead well, of— Why is any day that day? I was just going to say that. Jelly Bean Day is the one that hangs you up, Tristan? That that hangs that you just, up? No, it just—that sounds like a big whiff here. How, how is that not yesterday? Oh, is this like Easter. National Jelly Bean Day Maybe it's observed? Like jelly Bean Leftover Day, like you know how when you go to the no 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 it's those store? it's the the Cadbury Eggs Day. That's uh, I feel like we've talked enough. When we get to the Cadbury Egg part of the show, we've talked enough. But you gotta um, go get the discount ones at the stores now. They're all there for like a quarter. The best. <laughs> Did you wear Cadbury bunny ears for your kids yesterday? Of course. <laughs> Did you I'm not showing photo? you the pictures. I want to see a photo. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, check out Monday's Baseball Tonight podcast. You know it's great. Buster Olney and Tim Kirkchin break down yet another Yankee injury, discuss the alarming potential of Max Fried, and much more. Find the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney on your favorite podcasting app. 
We are done for Monday, but I believe we will be back on Thursday. So thank you, as always, to Tristan and Kyle and Daniel and all the people who send in hash browns and listen to our little show. I am Eric. Please have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Cream eggs. And ham.